welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello, Stu. How are you? I'm not bad. Yourself? I'm all right. I think we're, what we're going to have to do, though, is um, is think of different ways to say hello to each other. Because if people are um, watching maybe a couple of these at the same time, they're going to think, oh, they say the same thing to each other every time. So uh, we're going to have to think of new greetings, I think. But um, what we uh, thought we'd talk about on this um, Conveyancing Matters is really um, sort of part two, really, of our chat about the conveyancing process. We did the explainer for, yep. uh, you know, those um, selling and buying their own homes or uh, people that perhaps are learning about the conveyancing process or indeed anybody who's just interested generally, perhaps, a, you know, an estate agent or whatever. Um, we talked in particular in our first chat about the process on, um, you know, just the enormous uh, trauma at the beginning of the transaction around um, ID, AML and money, you know, money. Uh, and what we thought we'd do on this one, Stu, is just, um, you know, just pick our sort of personal uh, personal bugbears uh, on the the rest of the conveyancing transaction. So what are the things that really about the process that really get on your nerves because they cause a delay um, yeah. or a problem when actually, you know, you and I are always blamed for the delay. Everybody yeah. always says it's the lawyers. We are the fall guys for this stuff. And often we're not. Sometimes we are, but often we're not. So um, I'm going to invite you to kick off with, uh, in fact, I should get a microphone, shouldn't I? So, uh, Stu, over to you. <laughs> well, I need to undo the tie bit for this one. Where, yeah. where do we start with all the things that annoy us? Crikey. Well, I mean... <laughs> you didn't wonder. tell me you were going to have to take anything off. <laughs> well, that's a different kind of video, isn't it, entirely? What's this one going to be? Any strict competitive matters? Jesus. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, we must start. What the one the, the veins of, of our life in conveyancing has got to be leasehold properties where we need a, a leasehold sales pack. Yeah, and At we could almost stop there. Every conveyancing yeah. option is just going to go, yeah, I think. Yeah, absolute nightmare. So, in a nutshell, we're selling a leasehold property, we obtain information from a client that tells us that you know there's a management company in situ there could be a landlord as well that's different could even be a residence association knocking around and at this point we need to contact the management company and ask for you know a glorified sales pack which contains generic information on the property that they probably have to give to loads of lawyers every day on, on the property upstairs downstairs all over the place that's the same old thing same documents we request the pack you know, by email, by phone, by letter, whatever the scenario may well be, and then silence. And, you know, it would surprise people that we may have to wait a week, two weeks, sometimes forever, to then be told it could be £100, £200, £300, or it be 500 quid. You know, they could charge as much as that. And all of a sudden, we've got to turn around to the client who's, you know, thinking it's going to cost them X amount of money to sell their, their nice flat and say, oh, by the way, um, I need another 500 quid up front from you, even though there's no guarantee that your property is going to sell. But, you know, can I have 500 quid up from you to pay for this pack? And then we uh, get us, you know, what's, what's in this pack? And, and we tell them, well, it's, you know, uh, a copy of, you know, year-end accounts and the fire risk assessment, the asbestos survey. A uh, copy of the insurance, things like that, and and they say, well, I've got some of that. Um, then of course you realise that you know that could be a year, two, three years out of date. So the poor client 
has to pay 500 quid or whatever the sum may be, um, you know, for this pack. So we apply for it, we pay for it, and you'd think we'd get it next day delivery. No, absolutely, you know, we could be waiting forever again, you know, two, three weeks would be average. You know, that's not unnormal at all. Oh, no, 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 two, three weeks could be sparkling, sparkling yeah. wonderful customer service to you, quite frankly. That could be the pinnacle of customer service in that context. Yeah, it could be, it could be, but it gets worse. So all of a sudden, what do we get? We get the pack, brilliant, fantastic, we think. We can whack that over to a buyer's lawyer, job done, but nope. Um, quite often you'll find there's things missing that you need to chase up, that's one scenario. Second scenario, and the worst case is, number one, please see landlord. Number two, please see landlord. Now, clients just paid £500 for this, and now we're told that the management company doesn't hold that information. The landlord's got it. So what do we do? Go through the process all again, getting in contact with the landlord. And what do they say? Another 200 quid, please. Uh, okay. oh, no, 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 I've, got now, I've now got to go to the client three, four, you know, five weeks after we had the initial conversation saying can I have 500 quid to say, I'm going to need another 100 pounds, 200 pounds. Um, and then we've got the waiting game again. And all that is, you know, on the best case scenario, you receive the packs and they answer the questions. So management company packs are a real pain. And, and the information that's within them, probably 50% of it is, is generic. It could relate to the whole of the building. Um, so, you know, management companies, landlords, they would have supplied that on numerous times before. But it does seem an unbelievable cost that the poor client has to pay for this documentation. So that's got to be one of the worst things that, that we have to deal with in, in terms of being a pain in the backside. Well, I have just thought, having listened to that, Stu, um, I have just thought of a new little um, angle for conveyancing matters because clearly we are going to have to have the occasional series of um, conveyancing matters room 101 and clearly <laughs> management packs, uh, they're going to go straight in. They're just going to go straight in. I mean, to be fair, some, some are very streamlined and they've got it sorted, um, but, but they are, I think most conveyancers would agree, are in the ridiculous minority. Um, I mean, I don't want to sound hideously topical, but uh, as we know, the Law Commission has just reported on changes to leasehold generally, uh, maybe the reintroduction of common hold, that's, you know, but the reality is, and there's lots of, you know, lots about it at the moment in the press and, uh, and of course, the property press. Um, I think the reality, though, is that um, any leasehold reform is going to be kicked well into the legislative long grass. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. So I think if anybody's watching this thinking, well, it's all right, I'm going to sell my flat in the next 12 months, uh, you know, and it'll all be sorted by then. You know, I hate to spoil your party, but I cannot see this whole leasehold um, problem that we're all facing um being sorted anytime soon because i think it's an enormously complex area and apart from anything else i can't see a lot of it being retrospective actually Stu. to be fair and i don't think and what really gets on my nerves about everything you've just described is that um and you know i really i do try and manage my clients expectations as best i can because that helps smooth the process and it helps the client and it helps the client think that i'm okay and doing my job well uh, or indeed just possibly. Um, but of course, all of this, this dialogue is coming, is coming through us and, and, it is, and we know how stre stressful conveyancing is. And therefore, in a lot of cases, the client is just shooting the messenger. 
and it actually I actually it feels quite weak to say well you know somebody else wants it because all the client sees is another 700 quid that they've had to pay to you or me for their conveyancing and you probably have got something on the website that says then if you are selling a leasehold property you know there will be other fees for management perhaps the clients won't have seen all that they will just have in their heads I've just paid my conveyance of another 700 quid what really you know uh, and I didn't know I was going to pay it it's all terrible um so yeah I think we can absolutely put that in um in 101 stew uh I think one of mine is just sometimes the uh, just the irritating um uh you know pointlessness of trying to get hold of the lenders um you know i mean let's not make this a big lender bashing situation but of course we are going to get a redemption figure or an indicative redemption figure from a lender right at the beginning on a sale to make sure we've got enough money coming in to redeem the mortgage um but even that sometimes can be extraordinarily difficult but what um what annoys me on top of that is um the client who doesn't sort of declare anything to you and I remember you've no doubt got a questionnaire Stu haven't you asking your clients you know everything you know inside measurement of their inside leg and all the rest of it and I find my questionnaire used to kind of evolve over time and um, I had a client once and and if anybody's watching this that's seen me lecture they'll they'll recognize this story so I'm sorry for repeating it but I am now firmly of the opinion Stu that there are certain men who should not wear shorts in summer um, because they're just too fat and too sweaty and too unattractive and they shouldn't wear them. I am a woman who shouldn't wear shorts and I don't. And I've, I have enough self-awareness and a mirror and I don't. But I had this one client who was one of those men who did wear shorts and he came in, he was all sort of fat and sweaty. Um, and, uh, but just very, very unpleasant. And um, I've been trying to get, he was very stressed about the sale and I've been trying to get details of uh, his redemption figure from Santander and I was not getting anywhere with them. And finally, I, a bit like you, after weeks of teeth pulling and phone calls and, you know, my life ebbing away with nothing to show for it, um, I finally uh, found out from Santander that actually he was on the litigation juggernaut and that he hadn't paid his mortgage for a few months and he'd had all this dialogue and it had obviously gone somewhere down. They'd instructed litigation lawyers. Um, and I said to him... Um, you didn't tell me that you were in the process of the repossession, um, you know, uh, well, in the repossession process. Um, why didn't you tell me? And his answer, you didn't ask. I didn't tell me because you didn't ask. So now, of course, I add that, I added that question to my yeah. questionnaire. Well, is, you know, um, is there anything else, you know, any other dialogue you've had with your lender? And it just goes on and on and on. But, so that was kind of, you know, one of my bugbears is just lenders generally, but also um, layered on top of that, clients who think it's clever not to tell you stuff. I think uh, as a comparable, if anybody's ever spent time trying to get through to their bank, they'll know that it's, uh, you know, a horrible process at the best of times. And when you're doing it, you know, you're bringing your bank, you're the client. Okay, yes. so you've got the ability to complain, you've got the ability to kick up a stink, whatever the case may be. We're not the client. So when we're doing it on behalf of the client, trying to get figures, the banks don't particularly treat it with any kind of urgency. And, you know, you don't really get to speak to people within the bank that can make authoritative decisions. So I might have a case whereby, you know, 
all of a sudden there's a, a mega urgent exchange and completion. We're going to simultaneously do everything on the same day. And I'm desperate for a figure quickly. But the bank won't recognise that. The bank won't recognise that at all. And whether that be, you know, and it's not just consigned to on a sale transaction where we need redemption figures to, funnily enough, repay the mortgage. So, you, you know, if somebody owed me money, I'll give them a figure as quick as possible so I get paid as quick as possible. But uh, the banks don't quite work like that. Um, but also equally the other way around, when we're acting on a purchase and we are, you know, submitting a report to the bank before we receive money, often we're, you know, you could be on hold for an hour. That wouldn't be uncommon. Um, waiting for the bank to give the go ahead or, or consent to a certain issue that there might be. Or, you know, even we exchange contracts, completions, you know, set for five days time. Uh, we submit our report on title, which is a form we use to order the money. Um, and, and give a certificate to the bank that everything's okay. Uh, we submit that all in good time. And of course, you know, we can't just leave it on the assumption that the bank will send us the money. Yes. We have to call them to make sure that they've got the form, make sure it's all okay. Yep, yep, yep. And we have to call them a few days before. Are you still definitely sending the money? Yep, yep, yep. And, and you know, hopefully they're going to send it the day before as we request. But the amount of times the bank will be a day late... 50% of the time at least. So had we not requested it a day before, the banks would have missed the completion date and the clients would be in breach of contract. So a massive proportion of what we do in general is you know, chasing other parties, whether it be management companies or landlords, but the volume of chasing that a property lawyer will do uh, in terms of chasing banks is you know unquantifiable it's, it's unbelievable yeah and of course if you actually i mean some firms do to be fair to them lots of compliancing firms don't i mean if you did actually um you know time record uh your compliancing well i think every single file pretty much would just be hugely unprofitable nobody would believe i mean it can be quite a useful exercise just to you know just to look you know, just to, to, to look at that and just to look at the profitability of your files. But um, actually, your um, you saying about that reminds me of one story that kind of um, uh, links in and reminds me of completions. Because, of course, what, what slightly irks me sometimes is the fact that, you know, we've done our job and the clients have moved in and then they forget all about you. Um, and uh, and of course they fail to realize that we've got quite a lot of important stuff to do after completion but i have to say uh, on one completion a very long time ago now i had the most delightful client who uh, worked for a bank it was tsb you know before it was lloyd's before it was tsb so when it was originally tsb and she worked for them she was buying a new build stew and uh, she um I said, worked for the bank. I did the usual process, asked for the money the day before, da, 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 da. And, uh, and she turned up, bless her, to this new place that she was buying quite early in the morning with a little van. And uh, thankfully, it was a sunny day. And uh, the money just didn't materialise. And it hadn't materialised the day before. And the bank said, no, no, fine. She's an employee. You'll definitely get it, blah, 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 blah. And of course, you know as well as I do, Stu, that of course, no developer is going to let a buyer have the keys until the money is, is with their solicitor or their legal department. So uh, there was no question that she was going to be allowed into the property early. Um, and the money just kept not coming and it kept not coming. And I rang her sort of about every hour throughout the day. And she got more and more relaxed as the day went on. Now, most clients, too, as you well know, would just be, yep. they'd have been hanging from the lamppost. More, more stressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And bless her, she got more and more relaxed. And suddenly the penny dropped. Because by about sort of two, and I'd been phoning her since about 10, 
she suddenly was sort of slurring a bit and I actually realized bless her what she'd done and I just realized I just wish every client was like her and I love her because what she'd done she'd just gone into the back of her little van where she'd stashed all of her booze for her housewarming party the next evening and she just started it and she was laying on the verge outside this new build <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> trashed and she'd go, I'm doing everything free. And every single time I phoned her and said, No, I'm really sorry. She's like, No, that's no, fine. It's just absolutely fine. <laughs> Don't want to move in. Bless her. I mean, we did oh. finally get her in, but she must have crawled in on her hands and knees, Stu, because <laughs> she was completely gone by four, bless her. But she was my loveliest client um, by some distance, I have to say. But, um, but isn't, isn't it so awkward as well? You know, the, the, the bank may delay giving you figures, they may delay giving you money, but there's never a reason why. No. You know, they won't tell you. You know, they could have some serious hidden agenda. It could just be them being slack, but you never get a reason why. So, no. you know, you, you're sitting there, you're in the middle of the bank waiting for their money to come in. You've got clients sitting in vans waiting to get into properties. You've got their, you know, their, their life in your hands and you can't get anything out of a bank. You know, it's a difficult conversation to have with your client, waiting for your money, waiting for your money, waiting for your money from the bank. You know, it's really difficult. Well, and it kind of, well, maybe to uh, sort of close this conveyance in matters, Stu, it kind of comes back to, you know, we're, we're giving, we're giving the, you know, we're giving the unwanted information. We're telling people things they don't want to hear. Um, yeah. and, it, and it can sound really lame, can't it? I couldn't get through. You know, I think, you know, the clients sort of have a, a higher expectation in a way. They don't perhaps realise that, you know, us or a member of our support staff, as you say, might have been sitting on the phone for hours. Um, but, you know, we don't have a line through to them. I think it's a popular thought, isn't it, that, you know, we're lawyers, um, you know, we will command some kind of additional audience with the bank or with a landlord. You know, we'll have some kind of preferential treatment, some hotline that we can get through on. But no, we're ringing the bank on the number that could be on their website, that could be in their mortgage office that's completely generic. You know, we press a million different options before we can get through to the right department if, you know, if, if we're not stuck on hold forever. So it, it's very, very, very difficult. And there's, there's no difference us calling the bank to, to, to a client calling the bank asking the same questions. It's very difficult to get those answers. Your trip. Well, maybe, maybe we, uh, maybe we can get, maybe conveyancing matters can, uh, can get a bit of a head of steam for some of this stuff, Stu, because I think we're kind of airing enough issues. I suspect we won't, but I think you and I should just see it as a form of therapy, to be honest, because it'll make us feel better. Do um, what your client did. We should, we should go and get loads of booze and, you know, drink that. That'll make us feel better, exactly. won't it? That would be the one we do at Christmas with a pair of sort of, you know, Santa <laughs> Our own Christmas party or conveyance. Uh, well, on that salutary thoughts, Stu, um, we'll sign off and uh, and hopefully see everybody again soon. Take care. Right.